Hello there, friends. I'm Richard Kisnan. We all knew it was coming. Adulthood, relationships and marriage, business, health, money, bills, fitness. If you're like me, we didn't think that life would come at us like this. I welcome you to join me for raw, authentic, and hopefully really fun conversations about coming into your own as an adult and to help you create a powerful life of your design. This is the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. Hey there, AR Nation. How's it going? Richard Kiston here. I'm glad that you're here with me. Glad to be back with you on the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. I hope you're doing well. We're reaching summertime. At the time of this recording, it's June, and I'm exceptionally excited because it's my birthday month. Oh. And from June 1 to my birthday, it's, it's good vibes, high energy, and then hopefully I get some sleep at some point. So anyways, I'm really excited about this. And today I've got a good friend, a colleague, Judith George from To Be Real. She is a digital storyteller. And if you don't know what that means, we're going to get into it. But she helps people with video reels, um, creating video business cards, and helping business owners tell their stories. Um, so Judith George, welcome to the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, dude. Yeah, I like the title of this, Adulthood I was like, uh, this is a good idea that you're doing. I appreciate it. I pre and I'm really yeah. excited to have you here because we've chatted in the past before and you've got a very like diverse background. So yeah. um, hopefully we'll dive into some of that and then, you know, getting to where you are now and some of the like peaks and valleys that you've experienced and how that's kind of like framed your vision of the world. So why don't we start off, Judith? I'll give you the, the floor, share a little bit about who you are, where from and what you do. Okay, well, I'm Canadian, thank God I say today <laughs> that I'm, you know, make, uh, and I came to New York, well, via North Carolina, I was a dancer and choreographer, that was my first venture in New York, and then I eventually was like, I need to get a, a real job, so, because you only have so long as a life as a dancer, so I started to work in production for this company, and we did all the, you know, Times Square, like, there's all those big signs. That's what we worked on. We created those signs and all the animations. And so I project managed a lot of that. And then um, I went out on my own for a bit doing, this is funny, I don't know, doing um, wedding invitations via video. Like I would shoot the couple and I made it into an invitation and they could send it out in a DVD. That's when DVDs, I mean, when, luckily I got out of that because DVDs are no longer in existence, I don't think. And then that shows my age probably. But, um, and then I worked for Martha Stewart for eight years. I was the online video producer. And then um, went on my own and now I'm doing video production and video storytelling. Yeah. So it's fair to say that there's, there's like a lot of, entertainment and production in your background right right well we used to do like when i worked at this production company we did a lot of stuff for nbc and abc they would have their uh may when they used to call them upfront shows when they were presenting all the shows that were going on for the new year so that was a big production so yeah that felt like entertainment for sure let if we can jump jump to the start of this right you were in a you were dancing um yeah. this was a, a a partnership with your sister was it yeah yeah you have a good memory yes it was called the george girls and yeah. let me see this like how how early on were you your sister was the family thing that like dancing or performing was something that you you wanted to do i mean obviously when you perform 
you and your sister, like there was a lot of commitment, a lot of time, a lot of practice. Yeah. Um, so what was that like? It was, I loved it because it was, well, cause I went to school, North Carolina School of the Arts, which was a really intense school for dance. Cause you could get kicked out anytime if you weren't keeping up to certain standards. So I, I fed off of like intense working on video, uh, video I was going to say, of one track mine <laughs> of dance. And then it happened that my sister was a, a dancer. So I was like, let's do, I wanted to perform. And I, and honestly, I wasn't really good at networking at that point to get myself into like different dance companies. I found that I wanted to do my own stuff. So um, it was, it was intense. Cause you had to just, a lot of it was, uh, you, you depended on the box office to pay people, which was hard, but it was, um, well, we ran it for probably like five years and, um, I love choreography. I love doing that. And I feel like that's a part of, uh, storytelling. Right. So I feel like that was the beginning. And also there's tempos and you, you know, you know, something should be fast or something should be slow. And I feel like that I get into that when I'm doing editing, not, you know, so that gave me a, a basis I feel for, for getting into like listening, like listening, what's going on, seeing what's going on, seeing how it looks and, and then making adjustments that way. So yeah, that's what I did that. That was, uh, that was my whole life. I did it when I was young, you know, I, and then just kept going. And I'd say that a lot of the performing aspects came from my father because he was like a really, my dad was a judge. He was an Arab. So just going into like what's happening now, he was very, we were very aware of, uh, you know, racial injustice because that was a big thing to him because he was pretty brown, even though I'm pretty white um, now because my mom was Irish. So there you go. Um, and but he wanted to be an actor his whole that's what he would he really wanted to be an actor so i feel like from him there was this thing of he was he was he wasn't they never discouraged us from going into dance which i feel was really lucky because he discouraged us from becoming a lawyer though and that's the one thing that i did one of my sisters wanted to be a lawyer and he's like don't do it don't do it and so I don't know. He just had a hard, he had a hard time because there was a lot of uh, prejudice against him, you know, and we saw it even when he was a judge, there was like a lot of stuff that you could just tell what it was about. But, but I feel like I got a lot of my desire to perform from my dad. I have to say. That's awesome. Weird. I, yeah. yeah. I, I never knew that. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. All right. So you and your sister had this dance, this dance, um, company yeah companies i keep forgetting the word company it's for okay, yeah, it's okay. Years. and then you decided to like move on to other things and, and end up going to production um yeah I what started was that transition actually, like well it was it was a strange transition because i actually started i stopped dance all of a sudden i was like i'm done i wanted to just i felt like i was done and then i started to do some it was weird i took some acting classes and then i actually started to do some stand-up which was like this is a long time ago and then I uh, I worked just like at NYU in the School of Social Work. I got it like a regular job. And then I found this production job and I was like, this is what I wanted to do because it was much more, I mean, it was video. I, I did, probably didn't even know at that time how much I was going to enjoy video, but I knew that this would be much more exciting because there was a lot of uh, 
like they were working with a lot of different companies to produce different events or diff they, you know, we produced a lot of videos as well. And that's where I started to go out on the interview. I would do the interview part for the company. And that was, and that was fun. I think that's where I was like, Oh, this is cool. I get to talk to people and then we can edit it and make it look like a, you know, like a good story about yeah. the person. But I mean, there was a learning curve, obviously it was a learning curve to get into like, a real job because I obviously when I danced I was a waitress and then had the company and then but so to get into a real job but I was lucky because this production company was like they were super it was just me and him at first and then it, it developed into a bigger company while I was there and um, yeah there was just a little learning curve but I loved I was just so happy because it was fun. every day was different. And to me, that was what made it good. It was every day was different. You didn't know what was going to happen. So, um, yeah, that's how I, that's how I got there. And then I, they helped me learn editing and everything. Cause you know, when you work for a company and they have all the programs, they're like, here, you can take these. And then I started just editing friends reels, like actor reels for people. So then how did that, like, what was the cause, if there's a cause, I mean, it could have just been a, a decision that you made to then move on to Martha Stewart. Um, well, I, when I was doing these, these wedding invitations, right, video, then I was like, I thought, well, there was one point where it's like, it wasn't going so well, because I got a write-up in one of these wedding magazines, but I didn't know how to run with it. Like, I didn't know how to do business at all at that time. It was just kind of, I was lucky and then I was like, I don't know what to do with it. And then I thought, well, I need to get back into a real job again. And it was more that. And I just really went there as a temp. And then it grew into this job where they're like, here, we're going to make you the video producer and of all the online content. And I was like, all right, I'll take a, you know, I was like, I'll do it. And it was, uh, at first, I was really like, oh, my God, everyone at Martha Stewart's going to be so mean because I thought of Martha Stewart, right? Like, it was, I was like, oh, no, I don't want to go there. And then everyone was so nice. I really liked people. And so uh, it just, yeah, it was like a really, I was really lucky. It was a real easy transition, actually, into it. It wasn't a hard one. Yeah. When, I knew the temp agency too, and I oh. knew the person because she used to do the temp for the other job I worked at. So it was, yeah, I was super lucky getting that. So when you decided it was time to like step away from Martha Stewart, did you, did you know what you'd be doing or was there a space where you, you needed to like figure it out? I kind of knew, I knew what I was going to, because I was doing some of this on the side while I was there, I would do, I, and most of them were just like video montage stuff for people. And occasionally uh, we shot something at Martha Stewart on this, like on the off hours for something, we were there inside doing that. And I, I knew that I, first I was gonna just freelance. I was like, I'm gonna freelance because then I started to do stand-up comedy. And that was like my whole like, oh, I just love this. And I was doing it all the time. And so then I would freelance and just do jobs and then at one point I thought, oh, I'm never going to get back into corporate world. I can't, I just can't do it. And so then I was like, let's make this be my business. Let's move this into the, into a real, like run it like a business. Yeah. So that's, that, I have a learn, I've had a learning curve on that for sure, because I was so used to being 
freelance and kind of just flying by the seat of my pants. I'd be like, yeah, let's do this for you and let's do that. And no contracts. I was just like things at first, you know, it was a, but yeah, I, I knew that I was going to do video because I love, because at that point, that's all I would think about would be video. In retrospect, I mean, if you think about it now, were you, were you feeling afraid or, because going from corporate or even freelancing, right, where there's no real, like you, you can take a job, not take a job, but there's no real, I guess, privity with someone that, that offers you a contract. Whereas if you actually hold yourself out as a company and there's this like equity behind it, there's, you know, legitimacy. Yeah. Like, did you feel fear to do that? Like, what were you feeling to finally say, you know what, I've got to, I can't just freelance. I have to like formalize this and really go out there and put myself out there as business. Well, at one point, I guess I was like, I started to, this is me. I always go back and forth. I was like, well, maybe I should go back into the court. You know, first I was like, maybe I could try to work in a place. And then I was like, no. And then I'll be honest, like, I'm older, so I felt like, well, I only have so many years at a place before they're going to want to, like, get rid of me. So I was like, I want to establish for myself something that I can do for years, you know, that I can keep doing it and feel like it's my own. But yeah, it was it was nerve wracking because sometimes you don't know where the next job's going to come from. And also because I wasn't, I've become better at marketing, but I was just kind of... I got a lot through referrals, so I was lucky there. But you also then it's like you realize you've got to expand if you really want to grow as as a company. So then I, uh, yeah, but I I'd say it was I wasn't as afraid to do it as I could have been if I was because I had that time as a freelancer in between, and I had comedy, and that was kind of at one point that was all I wanted to do. So it. Um, yeah. And then I was, you know, every once in a while I get into stuff really intensely and then all of a sudden I go, Oh yeah, but I really need to make a real job. Like let's make this real. Like, you know, let's have this where um, you're going to have it for years to come. Right. So. All right. So now let, let's dive into to be real for a little bit. Okay. Um, as a digital storyteller. Yeah. Let me ask this. What's, one, I mean, if there are multiple things, that's fine too. What's one or a few of like the things you really take pleasure in, in being a digital storyteller and the people that you work with? I, I love the editing. I love, there's two things I really like. I love interviewing people for a video about them. I really enjoy that. Cause I just like, I always was someone who wanted to ask questions all the time of people, you know, like I get that from my mother. I feel like she would always ask like all these questions of people. And it was funny. Like how many sons, you know, how many children do you have? Like just kept going in. So I found, I love talking to people. So I love that part. And then the editing is like really my favorite. I feel like that's my sweet spot. That's where I can, um, well, that's where I put that's to me. That's really where the story comes together is in the editing so that's my and i do just separate editing jobs for people as well just because it's uh and i can just do it by myself and it's you know like i don't need a lot of i don't need a lot of things i just need my program and my screens and then i can just spend hours doing it what about i mean is it the actual the tasks involved in editing the process or is it 
because like when I'm thinking about what what I understand digital storytelling to be, it's it's actually putting together video right. so that like something that the business owner either has trouble saying or never thought about saying comes through. So like it, what about the editing do you find particularly attractive? Um, I think that when I'm going through the footage and I'll hear answers that they have and I'm like, Oh, that's what they're really about. And it's kind of, it's kind of sorting through because the idea is when I'm asking a lot of questions that at some point stuff gets said that when they're, when they're relaxed and we're talking, that's when sometimes gold happens. Like they'll say something that you're like, Oh, that's a great sentence. That really says a lot of what you do or, it shows them like, I really want to show who the person is behind the business because like, that's why people work with people is they like the person, right? It's not just what service. So, um, and I like, I like seeing it come together where like, it's not just put, cause anyone can put a story together. I mean, you know, but I guess it's like trying to have it really show them in a way that, they don't know how interesting they are or like I'm always trying to find out what would be what would really show them as who they are like essence wise yeah. what about the flip side of that what are the like what's the most challenging thing about or is there a particular like profile of person that when you work with them it's like oh I, like you know this is yeah. going to be yeah it's happened where I don't want to, this, no one's going to know who I'm talking about, but sometimes someone's just not that interesting, right? There's not a lot, or else they won't go with me to the place that I'm trying to go. You know, there was one person and I was like trying to dig in a little and they, they knew, they just wanted to talk about this specific, like a certain box. This is where they were in and I wanted to go deeper or else. And so sometimes it's just, there's not a lot of, it wasn't that interesting. Like I ha I struggled to make it sound interesting because it, yeah. you want, you know, cause three minutes or two minutes, whatever, that's a long time. It can be a long time in video if it's not interesting, right. you know? So that's the hard part, trying to make them sound interesting. Does I mean, it no, I was going to say, but everyone has something, but some, right. but what's probably harder is if someone's not going to give much of themselves. That's what I'm going to say. I, I like, I truly believe in one of the reasons I, I have this podcast, because I think everyone has a story and everyone has a pretty good story. It's right. just like whether or not they're afraid or willing to share it. And so I, like, yeah. I can see that when you're meeting with people and like getting them to, to like, especially when they talk about business, business owners like see their business the only way the as only they can see it right. but they don't see everything else around them and, and whatnot and so i can imagine someone who's just not willing to step outside of that how how frustrating it can be well because they also think that's what's going to sell and and they don't they're not understanding that really it's who they are that you know you work with people because you like them i mean they they you also they're going to do good work but you're going to pick them because there's so many people like there's like you like there's a lot of lawyers there's a lot of video people there's a lot but it's it's your connection to the person like you feel like they're gonna get you and that's what I always want when I first like now it's really hard because I can't network in real life 
And that was where I'd feel I would, I could let people know that I get them because we'd have a conversation and they would be like, oh, I mean, I would hear something and I might say, oh, that's so interesting that you blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, you get me. And then they'd want to work with me. But um, yeah, people aren't going to give that. And they're scared. I mean, I'm the opposite where I say everything. I, I hold nothing back if I was, when I talk to people, which is good and bad, but I can't, too many family secrets come out of me. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so it's just hard when they don't want to give and you're trying to get something out of them. Yeah, I think people are scared too. In a, and I don't mean it in like, oh, they're scared, but a lot of times people don't want people to know too much about them. Right. I found that, I, I've definitely found that for myself in terms of like, and that's something that I, I think it took a long time just personally getting over ego as a lawyer. Yeah. I, I, everyone expects, and to, to a certain extent, like the legal world, judges, attorneys like expect a certain like profile. Right, right. And I'm starting to learn about myself or realize about myself that I just, that's just not me, that, that rigidity. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of work if you're not used to it to like break away from that. So, I, I mean, I can sympathize with the person who like doesn't feel comfortable, but I think I'm like you where I'm, I'm much better just opening yeah, you're wide. Really, well, we did a video. You were really, it was so interesting <laughs> for me with you because you got all this information about you and, and, you know, like background and what happened in your life. Like that to me was so interesting. And it was like, it was like a new, like, oh, I like him so much. Listen to him. He's, you know, plus you're a really good speaker. Like you were really, you know, um, yeah. So it's, I think it can be hard for people to tell who they are. But I think if you're going to go for video, you know, you're going to be exposed. Video's exposing. I mean, people get nervous of it because they all, like all of us, we say, oh, I don't, oh, I hate looking at myself. And, you know, you, you just have to people aren't looking and criticizing the same way that we think people are. Right. I think, I hope <laughs> they're not, or, you know, who can you know, everyone's going to have an opinion and it's your, your people or your tribe or, you know, people that get you are going to get you. And then that's really who you're talking to anyways. Um, let, let's, if, if we can pivot a little bit right now with, with to be real. And again, we're yeah. in the middle I don't know if we're in the middle, the end, the forever of, oh of yeah. quarantine and lockdown, but right now you've, you've been pivoting a lot towards helping people help themselves with video, particularly shooting yeah. their own and whatnot. Um, are there any, let's say if we can maybe break it down to like three, and I, I think I saw something on your website that we'll point to as well. Um, maybe three tips to help people shoot better video by themselves using, let's say their phone. If, yeah. they, if this is something that, if they have extra time, they want to like they haven't gotten around to it, but maybe now that they now they can do it. Yeah. Um, any any like quick tips for that? Well, one, I mean, this is this goes without saying. So, like, have a tripod. Like, it better not to do it with your hand. If you can even even if you don't have a tripod, if you have a bookcase, you can put it up so it's just steady, so you don't have to hold it. This is one thing. And then I always feel like like if someone's talking about their business, trust in that you know what you know your business. So lean into feeling like you really know what you're talking about. And that'll help take, get rid of some of the nerves, I feel like if you're gonna do that and also feel like there's someone behind the camera, like 
yeah, you, you know that the little light's on or whatever, but you got to go beyond that. There's someone behind it. You're talking to them. You really, you really believe in what you're talking about. So use that as a, as a way to push through whatever nerves comes up. And then I think also, um, do a lot of breathing beforehand. So you relax, right? So you don't like it. And, and no, you can do a million takes, right? So one take is just, so what? It didn't go well. Do another one and another one. And practice helps. So I might have gone over three, past three things, but. More is better. More is better. Yeah. Let me see this. When you work with people, do you have like, is there a question? I, I operate in that most things fall into like the meaty part of the bell curve. Yeah. So do you have a question that you feel that you ask when interviewing people that tends to unlock so, like that, their essence or so? Um, yeah. I feel like when I ask about how they want their clients to feel after working with them, to me, that feels like a good question because then they have to, then they're dealing with the end result and the work that they did and how they want, you know, a lot of times I get some good answers from that. Got it. So how do you, yeah. how do you want your clients to, to feel, feel after, after working, working with you? Interesting. Um, cause again, if, if people are out there right now and like, Hey, let me, let me start shooting some video for my business. Like, yeah, I can say my, I might, oh, my, my hours are 10 to six or something a little more meaty. Yeah. Like, like when you work with me, like you're going to leave feeling that we got your problem solved and you work with a good person and some of your fear has been, release yeah i feel like because people want to know what you can do for them that's bottom line even if they are not aware or thinking what can you do for me but they want to know what their end result can be yeah let's talk a little bit about stand-up comedy because i know oh, that God, okay there. yeah you came to see me once yeah <laughs> hilarious what like what do you what is it for you like i know you enjoy it yeah um but can you share a little bit about why like what is it that you feel and and why it's still part of because you mentioned stand-up comedy for like the yeah i did it a long long time ago which was harder then because i cared what people thought and when i got older well what was happening was i was working at martha stewart and i was finding myself make these remarks that were funny in, in the room like i would entertain them almost and i thought oh i better go back and try this because I don't want to say the wrong thing at some point because I was always making like I'd see a situation and I'd see oh this is so funny it's like that you know and then I would say what I thought which in corporate you do have to be careful when you say what you think and um I don't know it's a it's a way of uh getting out what I think about things like um and also there's a part of me that is very self-conscious. So there's part of getting that out there. Like when, when I'm in our, we're in BNI, when I have to do my commercial or say, I'm much more nervous, but when I do my standup, I'm not, I don't get nervous. I get nervous before, but once I'm in it, then I'm just having fun. It's just, I guess it's fun to make people laugh. Like, and have them see something that they think is funny too. But it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I have an out? answer. 
no, what would stress me out is when I was trying to write new material and it wasn't coming or, but it doesn't stress me out. It did years ago. I don't know why I even tried it years ago, but I was writing comedy monologues and then someone said, try stand up. And I was like, oh, sure. You know, and then I was just way too sensitive to if people didn't laugh, it was like painful. And now it's, I mean, sometimes you can feel like, oh shit, I really bombed. Oh, sorry, am I supposed to? I'll mark uh, it as excess. Okay. <laughs> For adults. Well, it is adult. Um, sometimes, no, but it doesn't stress me out like it did when I, and why I did it when I was younger, I don't know, but I did it. And then, no, I mean, sometimes before a, like an important show, I'll feel nervous. But then once you get on there and you get your first joke out and hopefully you start with a good one, then people will laugh and they decide they like you and then they're going to go with you on your little trip. But if they get, I've had times where I feel like, oh, they don't like me. Like they don't like, and it's, it can be true where they're just not into you yeah. because I'm, I'm more neurotic and more like self-deprecating than my humor. And if people want someone who's like, yeah, hardcore comedy, they're, I might not be their cup of tea. Yeah. So. Kind of reminds me of a story about when you're talking about like not, not caring or, or just like doing what you want to do and not really responding to criticism, like for an opening joke. Yeah. I actually years ago started this project where I was like, it was an online course I created and I was emailing. It was, it was catering to attorneys and I like, people were like on my email list. It was growing. I was getting like good feedback until one day one person oh, yeah. gave me criticism and as a result of that i scrapped the entire project oh. i didn't like my i my ego couldn't handle yeah handle it. i didn't know how to, how to handle that criticism so I scrapped it but like you i think I, i've gotten to a place now where i'm more comfortable with like who i am as a person what i bring to yeah. the world and like if somebody has criticism that isn't constructive you know, they can go play in that sandbox and I'll play in this sandbox. Right. Like if it's constructive, that's one thing. And it doesn't affect you. It doesn't hurt the way if someone's just attacks you. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, uh, and that takes practice, but it also comes with age. Right. I mean, yeah, it comes with age. It took me a long time, but, um, I'm better with it. <laughs> what do you, let me say this for, for, to be real, what do you see? What do, you, what do you want to have happen with the business? Like, because so, some people like the one-on-one, -on -one, keeping it small and intimate, yeah. whereas, you know, I don't know if you have any desire to grow it out. Like, what? Well, what, I, what I want to do is more lifestyle videos, like follow people around in their daily life. That's really what, it, that's what, and I had it all planned before this thing happened. I was going to work with someone and we were going to do like a day in the life, right? So that's where I want to go. I'm like, it's great these one-on-one, -on -one, but it's much more fun to like get into really see what someone's doing in their life and see what their work is and see them, you know, where would they choose to go for lunch and like just kind of their daily. And that's where I'd like to go. And then I would like, if I could do get a, another person, like a couple other people to work on it, you know, to do them, then that would be really cool. Yeah, I'd grow it out. What, what about, this is your idea to like follow or create a... Well, a I think I, we've, I've seen people, like you've seen like more life, like I'm calling it lifestyle because now there's all these photo, photo shoots are calling lifestyle. And I'm like, that's what I want to do where 
we're seeing them be them really not just having to yeah just see what see how they react daily to their life is there yeah. a particular profile like person that you i know you said you probably had somebody lined up for this but if you can pick a person you have to name names but like yeah i would i would want to do this for this person oh um oh I'd, I'd love to do like a producer like a hollywood like a because they would they would just be crazy they'd be like no no it's not enough money i don't know i feel someone that has a that they're even though their life wouldn't be the same every day, but their um, intention would be the same. So they want to make something happen. I think that would be fun or an actor just because if they, if there's someone who goes on auditions, I don't think I'd be allowed to bring in, but you could get them before they went in and after and how they felt. And um, that'd be one. And then I think, uh, I don't know. I was going to work with an acupuncturist and we were going to do it, which would have been cool. Cause you would have, we would have been able to get some, yeah. like if the people agreed to some of that and then also be able to get the person's reaction to what happened, you know, how it felt. And, and, uh, I guess people that are not just at their desks all the time that are interacting with other people. Yeah. Huh. It's yeah. like, yeah, I can see that. That's like the, yeah. I was gonna say the office, but not not the office. It's like hey, just follow follow a person around, like like things like that. I don't. For me, the interesting concept there is not the big things, right? Because everyone has like meetings and phone calls, and there's right. like decision making that you can see there. What what does interest me when you say that is the are the little things. Yeah. Like why why are you gonna eat what you're gonna eat? Yeah. After like before and after something happened and. Yeah. Like I mean, I think it's because people make certain decisions and it would be like, oh, so you're, they could be like, oh, after an audition, I always have these tortillas. I don't right. know. Because this is what happens after. Or, um, yeah, I think those things are what make someone interesting, too. I know we're talking about what people eat, but it's not <laughs> that's kind of but also how they deal with, you know, with disappointment or or just managing their life like yeah good segue which is a question I, I like to try to ask is if when looking looking back at like the path to get you here what would you tell yourself let's say 10 years ago um not to care what people i mean that's a too basic uh let's see because that's one that everyone should say to themselves don't care when you uh um enjoy it more like enjoy the variety because i would tend because i've had i've tried different things right i've been in different areas so instead of being like uh i just heard myself say like i'm sure throughout this whole thing i have said that uh so it's overly overly observant um or self-conscious but i think it would be whatever thing you're doing just get into it and do it and not worry about is this taking me to my next step like everything is taking you to your next step you just don't know how it's going to take you there you know like yeah i think just enjoy it like this is this is this is it you know, and 
it's gonna help you somehow. Because I feel like my stand-up comedy helped me in business because then I was able to talk to people easier, you know, and that helped me, but it, I wasn't that way before. Yeah. I was much more, you know, careful about what I said, but then you don't care and that's, you know, not that I don't care and I'm disrespectful. It's just like, I'm me. I'm much more me than I ever have been in my lifetime. So. Are there any experiences you had where like, again, we'd have to get too, too crazy about it, but like an experience that was like in retrospect, as you think about that, like that would have changed, I I don't know, like your outlook on life or so. Um, Like maybe you were in a place, a time and place, a certain something happened where you wished looking back at it, like that's why that lesson or that advice is so profound to you that you wish in that moment you had cared less and enjoyed more. About- oh yeah. I'd say when I was, I mean, this, cause I went to dance college, right? I feel like it, during that time I was more paranoid about how I was coming across where if I had just embraced more of who I was or wasn't afraid to be who I was, that could have changed. I don't know what it would have changed, but it would have changed maybe how I came to New York because that's where I went after. I might have come with more confidence about who I was, but instead, because the school I went to was super, uh, they were critical all the time because they felt that was the way to make you better. So, and I kind of thrived on that. So then I was hard on myself. So I'd say that I was hard on myself, but also I, um, I didn't let myself be my, self enough yeah so i i feel like i do look back on that and say oh you could have like who i am now would have been fun back then (laughs) or something you know like i'd be more myself um judith as we start to wrap up here i'll give you the floor is there anything you'd like to share with the ar audience with ar nation oh okay i'd say even this is about adulthood, don't get too old. Don't get, I mean, old in your spirit. Because I'm, I'm fairly mature in my age, but I feel that I'm like at least 20 years younger in my head. Like, I think that's, I think that's super important to stay. And it's not like stay young, but it's just still enjoy what you're doing and take the delight in that. And then that and not feel like it's too late to do certain things because it's it's not you know because i've changed my direction a lot when i should have been already because i do look at people that are my age and i'm like oh yeah look they have a they have a regular life they have this and that and i'm like i'm i don't but i'm happy so keep doing what you're doing if it makes you happy yeah you know i guess that's for adults because we don't want to be you know it's sound advice i mean this is one of the reasons why i'm like i'm i've been very blatant about it i'm like really thinking hard about whether or not i want to keep practicing law because i don't know how happy i really was or am practicing law yeah and like again doing these kinds of things podcasts and like marketing i just feel i just bring something out of me that i much much more enjoy um as opposed to like not that I don't care about the work and the people that I do work right. for and with, but, you know. But your personality I'm, is like, is really open. And I feel like you're very giving and you're like, you're interested in people. 
you know, so I feel that that you, you, yeah, it'll probably take you some other places because, um, because you're interested and you're curious and that's what keeps you like figuring out, well, is this what I, is this is what's going to make me happy for the next right. 10 years or whatever you, but it's, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. If people want to work with you, I mean, are there, I'll give you, the, let's talk about to be real real quick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, right now I can tell you what I'm doing now because people, I don't know when this is going to be on the air, but um, I didn't, didn't mean to make those fingers like quotations. I just meant right now. And I'm sure it's going to be for the next few months. I'm doing, I'm helping people figure out how to shoot video from their home. And I'm doing this thing called video business cards because we're all on Zoom so much and we don't really get to connect. So I've been working, trying to, I did a few of them where um, they tell who they are, what they do, what problem they solve. And, you know, a lot of them are some, some are like, oh, it's nice to meet you because they did meet them, but they didn't get to connect. So that's one thing. And if you're curious about how to create your own videos, which Nowadays, you know, if you have a smartphone, I'm going to say especially an iPhone because I'm an Apple person, you get really great quality, you know, and so you can do stuff, you can get stuff done. And basically what I do is I coach someone through that to help them be more relaxed and ask the right questions that'll get them to say really what they want to say. So to be real, that's with two E's, not a, yeah. Two E's. That's what I used to always say. To be real, two E's. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Very good. No, I'll link that up in the show notes. Again, Judith George, thank you for your time. Thank you for well, thank coming you. on the show, sharing with Thanks. us some insights about Like to me, you're, you're just like a fascinating, caring, and definitely fun person to oh, be around. Okay. And so uh, oh, really that's enjoy nice being to around. Say. Oh, uh, thanks. Well, thanks for doing it's this. mutual. You're fun. This was fun. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. <laughs> And with that, Aaron Nation, take care. Be well. Bye for now.